Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Shalom Aleichem, Malachi Asharei, Malachi Elyon, Mimelech Malchei HaMelachim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shalom Aleichem, Malachi Asharei, Malachi Elyon, Mimelech Malchei HaMelachim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ay, Shalom Aleichem, Malachi Asharei, Shalom, Malachi Shalom, Malachi Elyon, Mimelech Malchi Hamelachim, Hakadosh Baruchu. Boachem le Shalom, Malachi Shalom, Malachi Elyon, Mimelech Malchi Hamelachim, Hakadosh Baruchu. Ay, Boachem le Shalom, Malachi Shalom. Shalom <laughs> Shalom, Malachi Shalom, Malachi Elyon, mi melech malchei hamelachim, hakadosh baruch hu. Tzeitchem l'shalom,
הנה לא ילום, ינום, ולא יישן, שומר ישראל. השם שומרך, השם צילך, על יד ימינך. יומם השמש לא יככה, וירח בלילה. השם ישמורך מכל רע, ישמור את נפשך. השם ישמור צאתך ובואך, מעתה ועד עולם. שיר למעלות, אשא עיניי אל ההרים, מאין יבוא עזרי, עזרי מאם השם, עושה שמים וארץ, אל ייתן למות רגליך. ZANG ZANG
Oh, God. 
J.M. in the A.M. Good morning, everybody. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to a Friday era of Shabbos. Sometimes you just have to take a deep breath, and thank God you made it to Friday era of Shabbos, frankly. Um, you heard Ari Goldwag, uh, Curry Bone, a.k.a. Pella with Sunshine in the Rain. Shomer Yisrael was Leif to Har. Cole Zimra with Small Piece of Heaven, 613, had Shifchi. The Maccabees with their Shalashudis medley. Shira Malos done by Yosef Karduner. Ari Goldwag had Shari Shamayim beat Dachon with Shalom Aleichem. And of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Friday morning on this July 17th, the 25th of Tammuz. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Matos, and Masay. Candle lighting in New York, 8.04. 8.04, your candle lighting time here in New York City. Uh, Rosh Chodesh is Wednesday. Tomorrow we bench Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av. Rosh Chodesh will be Wednesday, a one-day Rosh Chodesh, which means that um, that the nine days basically begin Tuesday night. Yeah, the nine days basically begin Tuesday night. On Wednesday we'll have our nine days format here at JM in the AM. And, um, yeah, nine days uh, will begin on uh Tuesday night. Wow. Calendar is moving, isn't it? Um, 
The first shot, I keep saying this just to keep everybody in perspective. The first Shabbos we were out of shul was 19, was 18 weeks ago. 18 weeks ago. I believe that makes this the 18th consecutive Shabbos uh, since um, the shuls were closed down. Obviously, thank God, many of our synagogues are now open. Thank God, thank God. Many minyanim taking place outdoors. Thank God, thank God. And of course, those who need to stay careful in those communities that uh, have decided it's not time to reopen, call like a vote for making a an informed decision uh, based on health and halacha um, in your own community, wherever it might be. In Israel, the restrictions seem to be getting more and more difficult. We'll discuss that, I'm sure, with Malcolm Honline. We have our weekly update coming up. Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll join us coming up later on about 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time here at JM in the AM. And um, and we continue with, uh, with more uh, of an Erev Shabbos feel here at JM in the AM. Uh, 11 minutes before 7 o'clock. Good morning. Na 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 
The Weiner Brothers with Al uh, with uh, Me'en Olam Haba. Al Karega was done by Mendy Jarufi. David Lowy in there with Elo Kai here at JM in the AM. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Friday morning on this Erev Shabbos Parsha's Matos Mase. We close out the book of uh, Bamidbar. Shabbos Chazah, candlelighting 804 in New York. Rosh Chodesh is Wednesday. Rosh Chodesh Av, Wednesday. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next. Boker Tov from JM Nim. Galitzal, השרים קבעו הגבלות חדשות ייכנסנה לתוקף החל מהערב בשעה חמש. לפי ההנחיות הותר פעילות של עסקים חיוניים בלבד, יסגרו מכוני הכושר ותיאסר התקהלות של מעל עשרה אנשים בשטח סגור ועשרים בשטח פתוח. חופי הרחצה ישארו פתוחים בסוף השבוע הקרוב, אך בסופי השבוע הבאים לא תותר כניסת מבקרים לחופים. עם זאת, לא תוגבל תנועת אזרחים ולא ייכנס סגר רשמי לתוקף. 
כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרה וולברג מוסרת כי המסעדות תפעלנה במתכונת של משלוחים ללא ישיבה במקום. ושר המשפטים אבי ניסנקור נתייחס לפני זמן קצר להנחיות החדשות וכתב גם עם ההגבלות אנחנו נדאג לזכויות הפרט גם בסגר כללי זכות ההפגנה תישמר הכנסת ובתי המשפט מוחרגים וימשיכו לפעול ולפעול בעצמאות מוסדות הדמוקרטיה חשובים בשגרה, והם חשובים עוד יותר בחירום, כך שר המשפטים. ישראל כץ, שר האוצר, הגיב על המתקפה של ראש הממשלה בנימין נתניהו נגד ראש אגף התקציבים במשרדו, שאול מרידור, ואמר, עובדי מדינה נדרשים למלא אחר החלטות הדרג המדיני. אם יוצגו בפני שר האוצר הוכחות למעשים מסוג זה, הדברים יטופלו במסגרת המשמעתית של שירות המדינה. מוקדם יותר היום צייץ נתניהו בטוויטר, בלתי נתפס שפקידים מתדרכים נגד החלטות שהתקבלו בממשלה ופועלים לסכן אותן, זאת לאחר שמרידור מתח ביקורת על תוכנית המענקים של נתניהו והשר כץ ואמר, יש להיזהר מהוצאת כספים מיותרת כלשונו. ברקע העלייה החדה בתחלואה, חברת ישראייר הודיעה הבוקר על הארכת החל"ת ל-245 עובדי החברה עד סוף חודש פברואר 2021. מנכ"ל החברה אורי סירקיס אמר לכתבתנו עינב קרנר, אנחנו נמצאים בתחילתו של מאמץ לאומי להורדת התחלואה שיימשך לפחות חודש. ותוצאותיו תימדדנה על פני מספר שבועות נוספים. לפיכך אנו צריכים לתכנן ולהתאים את הוצאות החברה. לפי התחזיות רצף התיירות לא ייפתח לפני אמצע או סוף חודש אוקטובר. מזג האוויר ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות מחר דומה. אלה החדשות.
גם זה מחובר במיקור ימים, כי בושה פצור עולמים. גם זה מחובר במיקור ימים, כי בושה פצור עולמים. לא תחזק אותו ואכלת וסבעת, וסבעת. וברכת את השם אלוקיך, אלוקיך, אשר J.M. in the A.M. Yom Zemachuba done by Abita Chon here at J.M. in the A.M. Um, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Malcolm Holmline and the weekly update is coming up. That'll happen at about uh, 7.40 a.m. Eastern time this morning. So keep that in mind and get ready for that. By the way, um, our weekend programming, I know during the week we are... Uh, a little bit on a hiatus with certain things because uh, we give everyone a break during the three weeks. But Avrami and Matis do not know how to take a break. That's the bottom line. <laughs> that really is the bottom line. <laughs> Avrami's going to be doing a uh, three weeks appropriate Saturday Night Seagull tomorrow night. Um, and and, and Matis will be doing a, a three weeks appropriate live JM Sunday this coming Sunday morning between 7 and 9 a.m. Eastern Time. So... Kalak Avod to them. Great weekend programming continues for us all through the weekend here at JMNAM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Or I should say the Nahum Siegel Network, more accurately. And uh, I thank them very, very much. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best. And now A&H Hot Dogs are available at every Trader Joe's nationwide. Makes it even easier to grill delicious kosher hot dogs anywhere in this country. How do you like that? Uh, check out A&H today and enjoy. You'll be glad you did. Trust me. On this one, you got to trust me. I know what I'm talking about when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> On this one, you got to trust me. Um, also, our friends at Artscroll are offering 30% off and free shipping on the Chumash with Teachings of the Talmud, which is a pretty amazing set, as you know. We've described it here. And 30% off on all weekly Parsha books. Uh, use promo code RADIO. Make sure you go to artscroll.com, use promo code RADIO, and take advantage of all this. Again, artscroll.com, 
Use promo code RADIO. Well, Ben Rosh Chodesh tomorrow, Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av is on Wednesday. Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av is on Wednesday, which means the nine days begins Tuesday night. Tzarev Shabbos, Parshas, Matos, and Masse. Two Parshios with candle lighting in New York at 8.04. Harry Rothenberg joins us this time each week with thoughts about the weekly Parsha, in this case, Matos Masse. Harry Rothenberg at JM in the AM. There's a very peculiar law in this week's Torah portion. We're told that if someone kills someone else negligently, he has to flee and stay in a ear miklat, in a city of refuge. The plus for him is that he's now protected. The goel adam, the relative, the blood redeemer of the person whom he killed can't kill him. But the big downside is that he's trapped there. He can't leave the city of refuge until the death of the high priest, the Kohen Gadol. Now, the commentators offer many different explanations for the seemingly random connection between the exit of the negligent killer and the death of the high priest. But none of those explanations answer the following question. Think about it. Once this law went into effect, what could have happened? Hmm. The negligent killer can only go free when the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, dies. Maybe the negligent killers are going to start praying for the premature death of the Kohen Gadol. Now you'll say to me, just because someone was negligent and they unintentionally caused the death of someone else, that's not going to turn them into a psychopath. They're not going to start praying for the death of the Kohen Gadol. But are you sure about that? The sages tell us that indeed the mother of each Kohen Gadol used to prepare food and clothing and drop it off in the cities of refuge for the negligent killers so that they wouldn't pray for the death of her son. So it certainly could happen, which leads to the following question. Why would God have set up a law that could lead to one Jew praying for the death of another? And not just any other, for the death of the holiest person imaginable, the Kohen Gadol, the high priest. So I saw one explanation to answer this, and it's a beautiful one. Think about how the original death occurred. The negligent murderer wasn't careful enough. It was preventable. He valued his business pursuits, his freedom, his convenience, his hobby, over the bodily integrity of the person whom he killed. He didn't have enough respect for the sanctity of human life. Now, the Rambam, Maimonides says, if you want to fully repent, if you want to do full teshuva, you have to first be in the same or substantially the same situation that you were in when you originally transgressed. And so that's what God ingeniously is doing right here. If the negligent killer starts praying for the death of the Kohen Gadol, he's showing God that he hasn't learned his lesson. He's still prioritizing his freedom, his convenience over the life of someone else. But if he restrains himself, if he stops himself from that temptation to pray for the death of the Kohen Gadol, he's fully repenting. He's showing God, I've learned my lesson. I am not going to prioritize my convenience and freedom over the life of another person. And oh boy, is there a takeaway for us from this. Because don't we unintentionally, but often prioritize our convenience, our freedoms, our hobbies, our business pursuits over the lives of others? Don't we sometimes text while driving? Don't we sometimes step on the accelerator too hard when we're late for a meeting or an event? Maybe we too 
need to re-examine, re-evaluate, and reorder our priorities. Yona Matsavomanoach, the Shamyanuch, who ye gehoach. Yona, Yona Matsa, Yona Matsavomanoach, the Shamyanuch, who ye gehoach. Oh, no. 
JM in the AM. Ellie Gerstner with Shiru Lanu. You heard uh, Ofi Nat and Shmabikoli. Yom Shaney done by Yossi Rosenberg and Company. And Yom Shabbason done by Cole Zimra. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Two parshios on this Shabbos Chazak. Matos Mase, candlelighting at 8.04 in New York. Rosh Chodesh is Tuesday night, which means we'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av will be Wednesday. Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av will be Wednesday. The heat wave begins tomorrow in this area. We're getting into the 90s tomorrow. That'll last till around uh, Monday, Tuesday of next week. Uh, JM and the AM, plenty more coming up, including Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Rabbi Yudin coming up. Please support our campaign. Keep us going here at JM and the AM. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. You can do that right now. You can even sponsor part of our broadcast in honored memory of somebody. Go to fjbunity.org and check out sponsorship opportunities at the top of the page. It's pretty simple. It's pretty, uh, and it's very effective. A lot of people will hear the dedication, that's for sure. You can also support us by uh, sending your donation to Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street, Suite 3, New York City, 1002. Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street, Suite 3, New York City, 1002. Hey, our friends at Gotta Get a Bagel out in um, in Woodmere, Joel Baruch and his amazing staff. We've been there many times. They're one of our great mobile studio uh, locations, as you know. Um, they're open tomorrow night till 1 a.m. Yeah, they're open tomorrow night till 1 a.m., so got to get a bagel. If you got to get a bagel after Shabbos... <laughs> Or some delicious baked ziti or penna la vodka or shakshuka or soups or salads or side dishes or great desserts, whatever it is you're looking for. Uh, they got to get a bagel out in Woodmere till 1 a.m. tomorrow night. Keep that in mind. Friday morning broadcast, plenty more coming up. It's JM in the AM with uh, this selection from Leif Tahar. Shri 
J.M. and the A.M. on this era of Shabbos, Parshas, Matos, and Masay. Yeah, it's Shabbos Chazak. want to thank those who have been commenting on the app. One of our listeners says, Our son found A&H hot dogs at Trader Joe's in Irvine, California. There you go. And listener Judy is saying good Shabbos to us from Detroit, Michigan. Thank you for checking in from Michigan, listener Judy. Uh, yeah, are you kidding? The Trader Joe's, they've got those uh, A&H hot dogs uh, everywhere now around this country. Ellie Gerstner at Shiru Lanu. You heard Leif Tahar with Shiru Lamelech. Ofi Nat with Shima Bikoli. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, JM and the AM. Rosh Chodesh will be Wednesday. We bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av is on Wednesday. Mazel Tov to uh, Dovi Tepper. Dovi Tepper is uh, becoming a bar mitzvah this Shabbos. And I want to give a, a special Mazda wish to his wonderful parents, who, of course, include the great video maven. That's his dad, who we know since way, way, way before he was a dad. And it's amazing. Now a bar mitzvah, Baruch Hashem. So Mazal Tov to the entire Tepper family from all of us here at JM in the AM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, this time each and every Friday. It's Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. We call this the weekly update at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. It's good to be with you. That was on your end, right? <laughs> I just, yeah. I just want to make sure. We've had so many shorts here, and our chief engineer basically has been restricted from coming in and doing work. So I, I, I was just hoping it wasn't another malfunction on, on my end, frankly. Um, <laughs> no. So, so... I mean, so now El Al says it won't fly at least till the end of August, right? These, the, the, right. This goes till the end of August. The good news is it looks like the labor dispute with Israel's airline is easing up a bit. Would you, would you categorize it that way? I think that it's just the people facing the reality that uh, there's nothing to strike against. And unless El goes through and the government has to come through with a large bailout, I mean, El Al's future is certainly at risk. I don't believe that they're going to let it fail. It's, it's not because it's too big to fail, but it's too important to fail. And have a national airline is, is really critical. But the, there's, the economics also have to make sense. So we will see. But it's, it's uh, the fact that you lose the summer months, that uh, you think of the tourism industry, and while there is a lot of internal tourism and the hotels are full, it's not, they don't pay the same rates and it's not the same income for restaurants for everyone else. 
and the um, uh, and the holidays coming up are Shana Sukkot, which do not look likely, according to the experts I spoke to this week, um, would be a, a tremendous blow to them as well. Yeah, and of course the uh, the well, right, a lot on the entire tourism industry. What did you make of the? Uh, I mean, you've seen this over the decades. I mean. You know, it would be fascinating for someone to write a real book about El Al's history, frankly. I'm not just talking about the, the nice books they put out about the different uh, advances they made over the years. But this whole story, I remember growing up and certainly, you know, in more recent years, is there's always something going on. There's always something interesting happening. And in, 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 in this week's case, uh, you know, backed by somebody in the United States, someone actually tried to put up a bid for the airline. And, you know, you, you always wonder... Because you, and look, you've seen it. You've been on the front lines of this for so many years. You know, you've seen what it's like when it's completely controlled by the government. You've seen what it's like when it's somewhat privatized. I don't know what's best for the future of the airline. You have any idea? What's best is anything that would be stable for long term. They've had uh, labor strikes and especially problems with their pilots, which have been very costly. And, you know, you went through a period where flights were unreliable, you know, you didn't know if the plane was going to take off on the time that it was uh, indicated or not, uh, and that uh, hurts, and you have competition, you have American Airlines flying, you have Turkish Air flies very regularly, you have European Airlines flying, so it, it, there's no, um, you know, you can't get uh, any kind of upper hand in this way when your national airline is, is at a disadvantage, and remember, the the real money makers for most airlines is the cargo, not right. the passengers. Right. I don't know. It's uh, we'll have to see what happens. You know, every, it seems like every week, but for for good reason. Obviously, we're talking about either restrictions like travel, and, and there was also an announcement this week that we had that you know the the visas that it looked like were all, almost automatically going to be granted to students who are heading to Israel for the year. Now that's on hold again. Those who are in charge and negotiating the deal with the government do think it'll come back in two, three weeks when the restrictions in Israel are eased up a bit, hopefully. But, you know, all the, it's leaving so many people in limbo. Uh, I mean, people just don't know what to do and how to plan. Um, and, and now, again, like I said, we start every week with the El Al slash, you know, country restrictions, and things are only getting much more difficult now in terms of restrictions in Israel. Ten people inside for a minion, 19 outside, what they're considering to be somewhat of a real lockdown between now and the end of July. Uh, I'm hoping that this helps. I hope that this really does help stem the tide of, uh, you know, in in terms of what's happening numbers-wise in Israel. But they, well, Netanyahu admitted that he probably opened too early, and the you know, the morbidity rate has gone up, not just the infection rate. And this is very dangerous for a small country. And they're learning the lessons also that people here have to learn. And that is, the and you, and you know that uh, many states have now mandatory masks outside right. with fines and, and worse if you violate it. And too many, even in our own community, keep saying, you know, well, I'm immune. Yes, you're immune, but it's not protecting you, the mask. The mask protects everyone else. And your immunity doesn't protect you from spreading it. And we know that that if everybody wears them and if everybody abides by the rules, it does have an impact. It's not a cure, and a vaccine is certainly going to be, won't come before the end of the year, be available to everybody, even though they're rushing and Billions of dollars are being spent on on the development of uh, of, uh, of a vaccine, but 
it's not going to happen that quickly. And, and pe- so people, people don't, really have to abide by it. People don't realize how shocking, <clears throat> what kind of shocking speed it is for this vaccine. I mean, most vaccines take years, and if it really is developed by the end of this calendar year, that would be unbelievable. Exactly right. Uh, and, and, I'm a, and I'm somewhat surprised, frankly. You know, I would hope our people would know better, even if they have these theories, and everyone, of course, you know, who had a fourth grade science education is smarter than the doctors uh, in our community. Um, it, 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 I, I, at least, if it if it is a state law, a state rule, at least you know, and it's a reasonable one. It's not something that's unreasonable. At least you think people in our community would, in fact, go along with it and and make sure not to cause any uh, you know uh, a type of reaction or comments from other communities or other people because we're not following the rules. I would think that our community would get that. Or endanger other members of yeah. your community or of other communities. Understood. Uh, speaking, of, I mean, do, do you look? You speak to people in Israel every day. I, I, is there any legitimacy to the to the Haredi uh, claim that the, that there is a discrimination when it comes to masks and other things by the Israeli government and police? Look, I'm not on the ground. I've I've heard the accusation. Um, we certainly saw it. You know, people here say the same thing that you've had. You were allowed certain mass events were allowed for for right. in certain instances, and the same things barred to others. So there is um, judgments that are made and discriminatory practices or perceived discrimination. So it's um, you know I, I, don't, I can't answer it, but there are that those accusations, and and maybe they are rougher in in the application because they meet more resistance. Yeah, that's true. By the way, do you see the unemployment numbers in Israel? It's shocking that they're bouncing back as quickly as they are. It is true. I mean, that's uh, I, I, whatever formula they have, we should bring that here. Because... Well, remember that before the COVID struck, the unemployment was negligible. So those jobs existed. Now the question is, will they continue to exist? Uh, everybody agrees that the unemployment rate will, will be much higher after COVID than before. Uh, but hopefully the the growth of the economy, et cetera, will, will, will rebound and people will get back to work. And I guess only certain industries are completely, um, you know, have completely fallen victim, victim to this. Uh, uh, some industries are able to survive and, you know, and, and tread water. Uh, but when it comes to travel and leisure, and we know a lot of people in Israel that are in the travel and leisure, you know, in, industry, frankly. And uh, people here who depend yeah. on the travel and leisure business to Israel. and. For many others, I mean, it's it's. Um, I get calls every day from people, and some have really dire circumstances and reasons why they want to get there. They always wait till the last day before they uh, do anything about it. But it's um, you know, we have kids who who are going uh, for the year who wanted to go for the year, or who are going as lone soldiers, or many other circumstances. And uh, they all encountering you know complicated uh, processes, et cetera. Yeah, there's no question about it. All right, well, we'll, we'll talk more about what's going on in this side of the world in a few minutes. Let's go to the other side of the world for a moment. Uh, it, it, is this is this a a wrong perception that now all of a sudden the United Nations is tougher on Iran? No, it's not. It's the, well, it's the IEA that is being tougher on Iran. The unfortunately, the Security Council can't be because you have the Russian Chinese veto, and China just signed. A very extensive deal with Iran. Um, they've already made him part of their global Belt and Road Initiative, but they, their goal is to lock in their energy needs. They are the biggest consumer, and they just locked in a, a, a long-term deal with 
Iran as part of this, and they are going to be building all the infrastructure inside of Iran and certainly major projects. Um, it's something that uh, Iran may come to to regret, um, but it's coming within the context of uh, all the explosions and stuff. So the UN, uh, there's two parts. There's one, the extension of the arms embargo, which runs out, I think, October 18 or 19, and that is not likely because of the veto Russia and China, which are both ready to sell weapons, and that means it could range from jets to uh, missiles to everything else under the sun. And then they can, in turn, replenish their their supplies to the Houthis, to the to the Hezbollah, to Hamas. And then you have uh, the IEA, which is Atomic Energy Agency, under its new leader, who has been very aggressive. And you rightly note, and they've been publicly critical uh, because they're not being given access to key locations and because the uh, belief that um, there's much more going on and the the revelations of the hit on the advanced centrifuge uh, facility, which was two-thirds of it knocked out, which means it could set them back a year, a year and a half, two years even, in their production because the, the the enrichment of uranium depends at a speedway at which they can do it on the advanced centrifuges. I was laughing because you said key locations, and I was about to say, are there any key locations left? You know, for, the, for, for those... <laughs> well, <laughs> they, they hit. There was a fire in uh, Boucher at the uh, Navy Set by uh, who? Or, set by stuff. who, or was it accidental? Yeah, so the, everything has been <laughs> accidental, and, and uh, as I said, I think I pointed out last week, that to me the fascinating thing was when the Iranians uh, gave out a warning and said, don't don't uh, create narratives, meaning don't take credit for this, because otherwise we're going to have to strike. There was an attempt, again, on the computers that control Israel's water processing yesterday, uh, and there's a lot of cyber warfare, we believe, involved in this. Whether there was direct involvement has not been proven. Uh, Whether planes that some people claim were involved were not involved, missiles, um, you know, people already have Israeli submarines in the Persian Gulf shooting the missiles. Wow. So it's a lot of speculation. Um, so those who are following all the explosions, all the bombings, all the fires, I mean, you don't anticipate this is going to stop anytime soon. I, why, I mean, why would it? I mean, the, the, whoever's doing it has been getting away with it now for almost a month. Like, why would they let up at this point? Especially well, if it really does delay the whole process. That may be available or that of importance. Second, you don't know the degree to which there are domestic participants. And, you know, there's a lot of unrest in Iran. The economic conditions continue to collapse completely. The 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 real is virtually worthless. I think it's two hundred thirty-six thousand to the dollar now, uh, and um, the, um, the it doesn't stop their aggressiveness. They just came up with a new plan for the Straits of Hormuz, where they're going to try and seal it off, and they're moving and building new facilities in the south, in the Gulf of Oman, where they will then refine oil, ship oil. Um, as you know, uh, the, about 40% or more of Western oil goes through the Straits, right. and there have been conflict situations there and in the Gulf of Oman uh, of late. So there could be an escalation that would be uh, untenable to Europeans, to, to even to the Chinese, who ship a lot uh, through there. Um, so that you know, we have many fronts right now going on. They, they sentenced uh, three people to death who, who supposedly were involved in uh, activity. Americans have condemned it. The um, uh, you know the arms uh, they, they they have signed an arms deal with Syria and promised to upgrade their 
air defense system, which really means to to consolidate their position there, which with the Russians and the Turks trying to get the other two, each of the other two out, despite the fact that they're part of the Astana process. So Iran, it's a very complicated story. We have many more things. You know, they were going to move to impeach Rouhani, and they just stopped that. Uh, two days ago, the Majlis, the parliament, stopped that effort, probably from pressure from the supreme leader. But there's a lot of internal unrest, and that could play into all of these situations now. What did I read? Uh, last week I mentioned the thing about the American flag, that you know they were avoiding stepping on it. But I also read something this week about an online campaign against the executions or something? Was that was yeah. that? Yeah, that that is true. There is uh there are petitions and there've been protests against the the executions of these three people um but you know Iran executes people all the time. It's usually done clandestinely and so people don't even know what they're doing. Uh, but when they find out, and this, some of it is publicized when it serves their purpose to dissuade others from engaging in any kind of activity of this kind. Um, so there are protests, and, and but there have been demonstrations and other things because people don't have food, people don't have money, right. and they know the IRGC and the and the Supreme Leader and the others are all taking this money away from them. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and the Nahum Segal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Support our efforts here, please. Join our campaign to keep us going fjbunity.org fjbunity.org whose economy is worse Lebanon or Iran <laughs> well they are interdependent to a degree in the sense that um, you know money going to Hezbollah is uh, it comes from Russia and Russia has cut back I mean Iran and Iran has cut back uh, but the Lebanese economy is in free fall. The, the currency also they are valueless. We see more demonstrations. Um, the the uh, idea that Hezbollah might try to seek a diversion from all the internal opposition to them and the economic conditions by escalating the tensions in Israel. You saw the head of CENTCOM, uh, General McKenzie, Kenneth McKenzie, uh, warned them against uh, carrying out operations against Israel and saying that I can't see that having a good ending. And he had just toured the, all of the Middle East, uh, many countries, including Lebanon. Uh, there has been pressure to, to continue aid to the Lebanese Air Force and by, by the United States, and yet resistance, because we know that it's all fungible and that um, uh, Hezbollah benefits and takes the stuff. And right. But we see that Nasrallah has become more and more the target of uh, hostile reactions within the country. Its financial crisis um, has been very great. Uh, I think they used to get $700 million a year from from Iran. Now they've developed alternative, some alternative sources, and mostly usually they resort to criminal activities, drugs, and things like that. That's how he survives? And I don't just mean survive economically. That's how he survives his leadership role? Because he's still able to 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 provide some type of funding. Well, well funding for his own purposes. Right. He, but he did have to close down much of his infrastructure there. But Iran still uses them in the Houthi in Yemen. They use them in in Iraq. They use them in other countries. But that's uh, at their request. But the uh, many of the militias that Iran backs complain about not getting paid. And the, the but the internal crisis. We know that also um, the Alma Group found. 28 new missile sites inside Beirut. 
meaning that they placed them within the civilian population in Beirut to launch, as we know that they've done in southern Lebanon, but now that they've uncovered at least 28 sites, this is huge news. Um, doesn't get the appropriate coverage, but it shows, number one, their disregard for the civilian population yeah. and their willingness to draw fire onto uh, civilians, as they have in the past, uh, and the fact that they continue to build their missile infrastructure that can be used against Israel, to be used against Israel. Um, and... Is there any, again, a little bit of a silly question, but I'm just so curious in terms of the rankings and how you would evaluate it. Is there any Middle Eastern country that has a worse economic situation and people in the street begging for food more than Lebanon and Iran? Syria. Even worse than that? Syria, 80% unemployment. You have, uh, wow. um, you don't get to see the pictures, but the, and there, you know, there's aid going into all these countries, but there's tremendous poverty there and dislocation of populations. You have the huge refugee camps. You have millions in refugee camps. Um, you know, and Lebanon was was such a prosperous, beautiful country when I visited there several times, even during a war. You know, you could see the the beauty of the country and the, um, you know, it was the Riviera of the Middle East for, for wealthy Arabs and others would go there. So what, uh, that, was what? that was what? That was what? Like in, pre- in bad shape. Yemen is probably the worst shape of everybody. Wow. And there's there were reports about some actions against uh, this, the small number of Jews there this week, but we don't have confirmation, and people should just be patient till we get real confirmation. Uh, the Lebanon you just described is pre-1980 or even earlier? Oh, much earlier, even better, but uh, true even past 1980. Wow. Um, all right, we got to go back to this side of the world because there's a lot going on. Um <laughs> There are. There's a commissioner of the uh, former commissioner of the NYPD who's telling our Jewish communities you better protect yourselves. Uh, police officers are being injured and attacked, and that's very bad for law-abiding, uh, faith-based uh, communities, as you know, and you've described that, of course. Uh, I don't think any community supports police forces around this country more than we do. Um, uh, there are people who are encouraging us to move out of the USA and be careful about what the future brings here. And then you have this whole issue of uh, Nick Cannon with the traditional anti-Semitic stuff, um, and then Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with what I would hope would be the traditional, uh, you know, (laughs) friendship with the Jewish community stuff. What do you think of all this? Well, you have a long panoply of issues, and and I did have an opportunity to talk to Ken Cannon, to Cannon myself. This week. And... um, uh, I don't think he's a traditional anti-Semite at all. I think he, he was ignorant, but nobody has issued, I think, stronger and more complete and repeated apologies and things. And I don't particularly buy into the apology route of uh, that exculpates people. I think it's what they do, their deeds, and uh, how they how they uh, react. But it does tell you how widespread. Uh, amongst intelligent people, some of these the, the lies, the distortions, the misrepresentations, the Farrakhan messages uh, are. So let's start with the police. The fact that Chief Moynihan, uh, a really terrific person and devoted public servant, gets attacked, that they don't feel any kind of restraint. And now the pictures coming out that they were giving out baseball bats out of somebody's trunk. and wow. that that this was, uh, and, and you know, that the, they found and charged a person in the attack, and they were released already. They were released right away on the no-bail situation. 
And if I, if I were the chief of department, I would be pretty aroused. He had to get stitches. He was you saw the pictures yeah, of blood streaming of down, and that it turns out that one person used a cane against them, and another person they they threw stuff at them, and and maybe these bats, whatever. The, this is the deterioration, and there has to be such an absolute policy that you touch a policeman, even if the policeman is wrong, you touch him, you, you assault him. We break down the respect for law and order and the, and the and police officers and to this kind of an extent, then the, then the whole system collapses. So that's one, and uh, I don't know... You know, how we, we put this genie back in the bottle, but, you know, you hear from people, I hear from, that they're just giving up on New York, and that would be a terrible thing, because you're only going to reinforce it, that the if the middle class and others leave, then you you just add to the poverty and to the to the disruption of, of the society, and the, the tax base gets lost. Uh, so that's one. And um, what was the second thing you said? The well, first thing you were... Ray, Ray Kelly saying. Okay, so Ray your... Kelly did an extensive study on anti-Semitism uh, on a private basis. Uh, he was hired to do it uh, uh, by the World Jewish Congress, and he, uh, I, he consulted with me a lot on it. Uh, and he really did very thorough studies, which has made him a sort of expert in understanding. He traveled to those countries because he was trying to understand what the true status was, the data, what what could be done. And uh, his warning, I think, you have to take seriously that he is telling people, be aware. You know, we, we know that, uh, I don't want to draw analogies to previous periods because each one is different, but we learn lessons from the past that those who didn't take this science seriously paid a price, and that those who moved uh, earlier uh, were, were saved because of it. I don't think we're at that circumstance now directly, but we see the deterioration. We Jews need a society of law and order. I think all people need societies of a law and order. And the, the warning that he sounded um, resonated with people because it reflects their concerns. Then I asked you about those who are... Uh who are suggesting we move out of the United States. Um, I asked you, uh, by the way, on the Nick Cannon thing, did he ask you to advocate to, for him to get his job back or he didn't? No, he did not. He didn't request that. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, that's not what I would do, but I did right. talk to him and he's going to go visit Israel. He wants to visit al he, he wants to learn. He, he's very intelligent. He's, um, but, but to me, but they the always want to learn it, after they've talked without thinking that like, that's when that, everyone wants to learn. But yeah, but they also, it shows how widespread assumptions are or, or a lot of the propaganda and the, um, and I think that, uh, you know, I can pretty much discern a real anti-Semite. Um, but, but again, I wouldn't give public, uh, exculpation stuff. I don't, it depends on the deeds, words, everybody can, people issue apologies, you know, blithely about everything. And, uh, it really matters on the deeds and he is prepared to do things. And he's a guy who can influence many young people. He has millions and millions of people who follow him, especially young people. And let's see if he's really to use those platforms to, to benefit, uh, and, and heal some of the wounds. Yeah, no question about it. But, but again, with the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar thing, it just shows you the potential of working right. with other communities when you the have importance of it. Right, when you have reasonable people at the other side. Even if you disagree about a million things, if you just have the open line of communication and respect 
it, it makes such a difference. And there is no communication or respect anymore. There's so many people in the country who are just, you know, wanton violence and, and, and zero respect for authority. Uh, attacking churches, which is getting no reaction, by the way, and I'm, I'm, and I'm somewhat um, shocked at our Jewish leadership for not standing up for, for Catholic churches that are being vandalized and burned. No, we, that's not what we do. You know what the problem is, Nachum? The media doesn't give a damn. They don't cover it. You know that in France, half of the attacks, half of the racist and bigoted attacks are against Catholic churches, more than against Jews. Fifty some percent, fifty two percent. Then come Jews and Muslims. We left. got we got to react to that. We have and to we react. do, and the Jewish community does. But no, but the media doesn't cover. When I have talked out so many times about the persecution of Christians in the Middle East and in Brazil. No, that's true, right? That's and nobody. And I've done it on this show. Right. So how many times for how many years? And but it, you know, you don't get resonance out there, and you don't see Christians taking to the streets to demonstrate. And we encourage them. We said we'll help you if we do it. Then they'll say, oh, you see, it's a Zionist plot. But right when it's in the Middle East. But here, we see that Christians are, are, are targeted. Um, everybody, every group today is is a valid target. You know, uh, the point that we, we, the, those of us who've sat in Jewish history classes with some interesting professors have heard over and over, and and it just reminded me of it. No no one, and including those professors, are minimizing the direct attack on the Jews that Kristallnacht and obviously the Nazi effort against the Jews were. But one of the reasons that they were so focused on synagogues was they, they wanted to make sure that there was no greater authority. They wanted to make sure to minimize you know those who felt that there's someone greater than they are. And it seems like the same thing's happening today, that you know so many religious institutions are being attacked, especially in the Catholic community. And, and I think it's really you know an effort, whether it's uh, you know purposeful or not, that sometimes it's subliminal, they don't realize what they're doing these attackers, to just you know destroy all authority, that there can't be you know a God Almighty who really you know rules over us. It's we, it's we who are the real rulers. It's we who will determine policy going forward. But there's more. I think synagogues, churches, cemeteries uh, are, number one, easy targets because they're defenseless. Second, they are symbols of, of religious authority, but of the people. Right. And you attack these symbols to attack the people. It's also a symbol of community, right? It's a symbol of community. Of community, exactly. Right. Uh, I'll tell you, it's, it's just a... It's a I don't know, looking for some common sense out there. The Democratic platform, by the way, according to the Jerusalem Post article, I'm sure you saw it, uh, th- those who've been leaking information, it does seem that the real anti-Israel stuff, the centrists still won over, st- still defeated the progressives and kept the real anti-Israel stuff out of the upcoming Democratic platform. Well, the battle isn't over yet, but it is true and should be recognized that there were efforts to try and introduce certain words and make changes from the platform from last time. Um, it does it does criticize annexation. It does criticize some things, but on balance, it's a very positive. It's more, much more positive than whatever anybody had expected. And uh, obviously, the Vice President Biden weighed in, and other people weighed in on it because you have forces there who will still try. This is not over yet. It still has to go to full platform committee. They, there, some of the Sanders people, others have talked about reins, you know, inserting things about occupation, et cetera. Uh, but I hope that the overwhelming preponderance of the Democratic Party will be on the right side of this issue. Yeah, it looks like the occupation was a big debate on the aid, the what their approach should be to financial aid for About Israel. conditioning aid. Right. right. So those two things did not occur. There were other things, but it's, it's on balance really a positive statement. 
you think COVID's going to postpone the uh, Netanyahu trial again, or it's going to go on next week, or what do you think? It's hard to know because of the the rise. I think uh, there might be a shutdown, a complete shutdown Sunday, or in large parts of the country. Uh, it's really necessary uh, to get right. to regain control because it is, as we talked before, the right. statistics to spread. Um, but eventually, the trial will take place. Why is uh, Why is Bennett all of a sudden the media darling just because he's bashing Netanyahu? Like, is that all he has to do to become? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that that, that is true. <laughs> That's the strategy, and, and his numbers and polls are going up. Wow. Somebody who can hardly get elected. That in, I didn't uh, realize. It's uh, strange. It's- it's translating it to political success, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when you're outside and you can criticize, it's very easy to criticize mm-hmm. when you have to implement policy, and it's true here, it's true everywhere, it's a lot harder. Uh, you know, the nine days start Tuesday night, Malcolm. And, I heard. And this is the important time of year. Every day, obviously, we need to talk about Jewish unity and love of one of another. Every day. But it's like Mother's Day. You know, it's Mother's Day every day of the year, but there's one day we focus on it. The nine days is really a time we focus on this topic. And boy, do we need to be unified now. And I would hope that, and, and by the way, unified and at the same time also unified with those from other religions and faiths that we can be helpful to at a time like this. And I hope that people use this opportunity to focus on that over the next few days, uh, that we really, you know, th- those who are uh, in the support Israel community, those who are in the uh, uh, the greater Jewish community who are concerned about the future of the Jewish people in this country, have really got to get our act together. And remember the reasons why we have Tisha B'Av, and that uh, the destruction of the second base HaMikdash because of Sinat Chinam, the, the, the lessons that we have to learn from all of the periods, and to think about how much the divisions in our community kept us from having a third base on English, and how much of it has deflected from from the Jews having better situations by, yeah. by virtue of the internal conflicts over the millennia. So we have to learn the lessons. It's not just a, a rote thing on the calendar. There are really important lessons to be learned from the from the nine days and certainly from Tisha B'Av. You see some of the people that Bernie Sanders is uh, endorsing for uh, for Senate and House seats. I mean, I've seen some. Yes, this guy is all in. He has just completely doubled down on on every quote unquote progressive, but a lot of them people who have question, questionable or really negative records regarding Israel, and frankly, I would say regarding regarding many things for the U.S. as well. Absolutely, but and you know the people. The fact that people can publicly continue to call for defunding police after oh. they've seen what's happened in oh. New York with the shootings, and oh. uh, I mean, when we this is a policy position, it just it's insane. And it's gone national. And the truth is, it's gone international. It's really gone international yeah. at this mm-hmm. point. We talk about technology and an era so different from decades ago, where something in an instant can go international. Look what's happened. Not not only has COVID gone international, <laughs> but that I guess was more up to the one above. But but actual actually a policy like this is now something that's uh, either quoted, rallied for, or demanded around the entire world, which is unbelievable. And there's so much happening that hardly anybody pays attention to, and you know, the Prime Minister of Tunisia resigns, and it could lead back to, you know, Islamist parties coming, something that would have certainly made made news. The fact that Turkey establishes itself in, in Iraq, and, and the Iraqis are building a basis against them, and that you have, uh, you know, the seizures uh, that are taking place of uh, the ships from Iran going to Venezuela, and the conditions in Venezuela and other countries in South America. You know, these are all things that would have made headlines, and we would have been discussing 
um, in, in this time. It's such a complicated period, so people really have to stay on top of the news, really have to follow what's going on, what they make decisions uh, for themselves about um, about the future, their future. They should do it based on knowledge and understanding of what's happening and to make their voices heard. And when ben, Chris Van Hollen is introducing a resolution against uh, to condition aid, Make sure your voices are heard. Contact your congressman or other congress members and just say this is unacceptable. There are, you know, a dozen people now backing it, and it won't pass. But but the, once you establish this precedent, the, the idea that you can condition aid, um, something that that President Trump and Vice President Biden both have rejected, but still it there is a it has a resonance. And just because you're convinced that your representative is not going to be swayed by your point of view is not an excuse not to call his or her office because you you right. never know when it's going when when this type of thing is going to come back again or this uh, you know where they'll remember uh, where the representative will remember you know what we got a negative reaction from the community on this and I'm sort of like on the fence I'm going to go the other way you have ne- you never ever know and that's why when people say what can I do what can I do and then they you know think of excuses not to do the simple thing like picking up the phone and calling the office it's ridiculous you got to and they've all registered by now I hope. So it's not point. too late to register, I That's think, for, for November. Um, and I wish more and more of the younger people out there in our community would register because now it's obvious the way things are going that uh, the, the the youth vote in this country is being is being sought after and is going to be even more significant than ever before. And we need uh, members of the youth vote who, you know, who have the Israel's and the Jewish community's best interests at heart. Uh, to get involved and to and make sure to vote. So please convince your kids when they turn 18, everybody. Convince your grandchildren when they turn 18 and teachers and um, rabbis and communities. Get them all to understand the importance of registering and voting. Uh, Malcolm, I thank you. Have a wonderful Shabbos. And we'll speak again next week. Have a great Shabbos, everybody. Be upbeat, be strong, be yeah. careful, yeah. and abide by the rules. Amen to that. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us Fridays. Oh, <laughs> I just I just hit my elbow worse than I've ever hit it since surgery. Ow. <laughs> uh, it joins us Fridays, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Oh, that was that was a bad one. Uh, Arab Shabbos, Parshas, Matos, and Masay. Shabbos Chazak. Well, Ben Trosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av is Wednesday. Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av is Wednesday. By the way, I want to recommend those of you who um, uh, who are on Twitter, I want to recommend a uh, Twitter feed that you might find interesting, especially if you enjoy analyzing and finding out information about the Jewish calendar as much as I do. Uh, you may want to check out Jewish Calendar Tidbits. Jewish Calendar Tidbits, uh, whose uh, Twitter handle is at Tidbits Jewish. At Tidbits Jewish. So you may want to keep that in mind. I noticed that the Molad for the month of um, Av, uh, Rosh Chodesh begins Tuesday night. The Molad, though, is Monday afternoon. I noticed that from uh, Jewish calendar tidbits. Uh, by the way, if you haven't yet joined our effort to um, to make our spring fundraiser a major success, please do so. Please do so. Uh, please support our efforts. We bring you so many amazing segments, including the one that just was concluded a moment ago. Please do what you can to help support us. FJBUnity.org, FJBUnity.org, 
fjbunity.org or Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street, Suite 3, New York City, 1002. Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street, Suite 3, New York City, 1002. And I thank you. This time each and every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomri Torah, Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading the two parashios of Matos and Masse. Between the two parashios, we have a total of eight mitzvos. According to the Chinuch, there are three mitzvos asay and five mitzvos los asay between the two parashios. This is Shabbos Chazak, and I really believe that it is a Shabbos that's calling for each and every one of us for additional chizuk to strengthen ourselves. And let us remind ourselves that this coming Tuesday night, Wednesday, begins the period of the nine days, which culminates the following week on the Thursday with the fast of Tisha B'Av, and therefore I thought it's only appropriate that we'll begin this morning with a review of some of the laws of the nine days, specifically the laws of Shabbos during the nine days we will discuss, please God, next week. As we know, we do not eat meat or poultry or drink wine during the nine days. Now that is for Ashkenazim. Sfardim have the practice of abstaining from wine and meat, Shvua Shachalbo, the week preceding Tisha B'Av, from that Motsoi Shabbos, from that Saturday night, through the Tanis. Now, maybe it's important just to give a word of background, namely, why? Why is this so? So there's a fascinating Gemara at the end of Cheskas Habatim on page 60b in Bava Basra, and the Gemara tells us that unfortunately, after the Beis Amigdash was destroyed, there were groups of people that said, that's it, now on, no more meat, no more wine. How could we meet if meat was brought every day on the Mizbeach? Korban, as we spoke about last week, <clears throat> a korban in the morning, a korban in the afternoon, wine was poured on the Mizbeach. How can we meet with the Beis Amigdosh destroyed? So Rabbi Yoshua said, wait a second, if that's the case, let's go. Then you should not eat bread, because after all, there was not just the lechem upon him, there was the korban mincha, which was made from <clears throat> flour. So, okay, well, let's at least eat fruit. Oh no, you can't eat fruit because after all, there was the bikurim, first fruits that were brought to the base of Migdash. And so, wait a second, we'll eat other foods. Then really, how about water? 
because there was that special karbon brought on the week of Shavuos, excuse me, of Sukkos, whereby there was the Niso Chamayim, the pouring of water on the Mizbeach. So Rabbi Yoshua said to them, not to mourn is impossible. We are to mourn for the Beis HaMikdash. To mourn excessively is something that the community at large cannot handle. And the rabbis do not make a law that the community cannot sustain. Therefore, the rabbis have guided us, and interestingly, we have the halachos, which we know are tolerable and bearable. And I say this because I think it's a very important mindset, and when we'll talk about siyumim in a few moments, are we looking to get out of this, or are we truly, honestly, looking to celebrate? But meanwhile, the idea is that we don't eat meat, and we don't have poultry, except for Shabbos during the nine days. Now, this restriction includes food made from meat, like soups. Even if there's no meat in the soup, still you are not permitted to eat that soup. However, food, para food that's cooked in a meat utensil, certainly those noodles may be eaten. Beer, whiskey, other liquors not containing wine can be consumed during this period. Now, an interesting halacha. Children over the age of six should be strongly encouraged to abstain from meat and chicken and grape juice during the nine days. Now let's stop for a moment. We know that Rachman al-Itzlan, it should never happen, if a young child loses a relative for whom others are sitting shiva, from the letter of the law, there is no avelus for a katan. And that is the way we follow. And so only for Yom Kippur do we encourage our children to start fasting a year or two prior to their 12th birthday for a girl or 13th birthday for a boy. So the idea that the Chachomim are telling the children as well not to eat meat is not because of Avelos. It's not because of the laws of mourning. It's rather teaching the children to be a part of the community. And the community is grieving over the loss of the base Hamigdash. In other words, it's an ace sara. It's a time of distress for the community. And we're teaching them to be an integral part of the community as well. After Shabbos, the leftovers from Shabbos, the meat, are not to be eaten. Now, the halacha is that if a person does complete a portion of learning during the nine days, he may make a siyum, after which all the participants may partake of meat and wine during that meal. Now, I have to tell you, there is a basic debate among the Achronim, whether one may learn specifically 
for a shiyum, siyum rather, or it is preferable not. If the learning happens on a regular basis and it falls out that during the nine days they finish the Masechta, then by all means they could and should make a siyum. So let's understand something. There is a custom within the, quote, our community, American community, to have siyumim, but it's all regarding the motivation. If I am opening up the shortest Gemara, and I am, quote, davening it through, in order that I should be able to eat the meat, so what is the primary? The primary is eating the meat. That doesn't sound right, and really, one should not do that. However, even if one is planning to make a siyum during the nine days, but the learning is done earnestly, the learning is taken most seriously, then, according to Rav Moshe, you could make a siyum. Others still say that it would be best to celebrate after the nine days when you can celebrate any more festive fashion. But this is the practice when it comes to siyumim. Meat and wine may also be served at a meal celebrating a bris or a pidyan adven. And needless to say, if you're able to drink wine during that meal, a bris, a pidyan adven, you could also use that cup for the birkas amazon. Swimming is not permitted during the nine days, and for children, certainly it is permissible. Now, once again, let's understand something. The minhag is not to bathe during the nine days, except for Shabbos. Everybody has to ask themselves, what are their circumstance and situation? If their work, if the nature of what they do is more out of doors, if the nature of what they do, they do find themselves most sweaty and dirty, then by all means, the Allah says, you are to wash yourself and bathe during the nine days. However, if you go from your air-conditioned home to your air-conditioned car to your air-conditioned office, and basically you are in that environment and you're not in a state of sweatiness, but I take a shower every day, no, 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 then the halacha does make sense, and that's why these halachos are, yes, for everybody, but many of them are most personal, and you have to ask yourself where you are in that spectrum, and any questions, you should, by all means, talk to your local Orthodox Rav. One can, well, New clothes may not be bought or worn during the nine days, and they should not be bought even if they'll not be worn until after the nine days, unless there is a significant sale, and that's going to be a davar ha'avad, a significant loss. One can buy shoes for Tishabav during the nine days. And even the sewing or fixing of new clothes during the nine days is not to be done. Painting, wallpapering a residence should not be done during the nine days. 
However, if it was started before that time, it can be continued. You should not put down linoleum, carpet, tiles during the nine days. Now, when it comes to, again, the washing of clothing, so the Shulchan Aruch says that we are not to wash clothes during this time. We're not to bring it to even a non-Jew to do this during this time. Certainly, children's clothing can be washed during this time. And think about it. The rabbis modeled this period of time like the period of Shloshim for the adults during those first 30 days after the passing of a relative for whom they mourn. And during that time, one does not wear, except for Shabbos, freshly laundered clothing. So here too, one should not put on during the nine days freshly laundered clothing. And that's why there are those, as the Shulchan Aruch says, that have the proper minhog of prior to Rosh Chodesh, which begins next Tuesday night, to put on the freshly laundered clothing, not undergarments, but put them on for a few moments just to remove that initial freshness. And so this could help us participate in the uh, period in which we find ourselves during this time. And furniture, expensive utensils should not be bought during the nine days, even if no bracha of Shechianu um, needs to be recited. If you need a new car for business, it can be bought during the nine days, but the bracha of Shechianu should not be recited until after Tisha B'Av. Now, one who rented an apartment or bought a house may fix paint if occupancy will not occur until after the ninth of Av. It's a, it is inappropriate to give gifts during the nine days. And one should not go on pleasure trips during the nine days. Interestingly, the Talmud tells us that a court case involving non-Jews should ideally be delayed from Rosh Chodesh till after the 10th of Av. And elective surgery should not be performed during the nine days. However, today, with the unfortunate circumstance and situation with hospitals, if there is no good alternative, by all means, it is to be done. And these are things that one could and should check with their local Rav. And finally, the blessing of Hagomel may be recited during the nine days. I just would like to share with you one quick idea to maybe help us a little bit with the forthcoming nine days. And that is that the Maharal teaches us that by definition, what is Avelos? What is mourning? Avelos is only if something is chaser, missing to the individual. If you don't realize that you're missing it, then by definition, it can't be that you're mourning for it. And therefore, 
none of us have seen a Beis HaMikdash. And when we finish every Shemona Esrei, Sheyabona Beis HaMikdash, we're praying for it, but do we really have an idea what it is that we're asking for? So I'm just going to share with you a very famous Rashi in the first of the two parshios that we read this week, coming from chapter 32 in Matos, whereby the two tribes of Ruvain and Gud come to Moshe and ask for their inheritance on the Aver Hayardain. So after Moshe's um, initial display of serious concern as to they are now, God forbid, trying to dissuade the people from going in. So Moshe uh, conveys what happened years ago with the sin of the Maraglim. Finally, they agree that they're going to come into Eretz Yisrael, but listen to how the leaders of the two tribes speak to Moshe. They say, Gidros son nivne lemeknenu po, the orim letapenu. They said, We'll build corrals for our sheep and cattle, and we'll build cities for our little ones, for our children. And Moshe says to them very powerful words. He says, They were more concerned about their wealth. More than their children. They put their wealth, they put their sheep, they were counting sheep before their children. Moshe says, no, you got it all wrong. Prioritize. Put the more important first, and that which is less important, put that second. First, build the cities for your children. Afterwards, afterwards, build the corrals for your sheep. If we've learned anything from the coronavirus, we've learned one thing. What is ikar and what is tafel? What is lasting and what is la- lasting? One's job, which is so important, we learned how many, unfortunately, lost their job and everything was turned over in a moment. That's not eternal. That's important. No question about it. However, we know what is eternal. The privilege we have of connecting to Torah and mitzvot, this is our eternity. This is the essence of this world, and this is Baruch Hashem, a future in the world to come. What is Yerushalayim? Yerushalayim is that we are missing the Beis HaMikdash. Yerushalayim was an extension of the Beis HaMikdash. You ate korbanos in Yerushalayim. So it's not just a very special city, but it's connected to spirituality. Yerushalayim reminds us of Kedushas Haaretz. Maaser Sheni could not be eaten anywhere but in Yerushalayim. 
Yerushalayim represented Hashro'as Hashchina. It represented the divine presence apparent within the Jewish people. But in order for someone to say, Oigavalt, I am missing Abes Hamigdash, I'm missing Kedusha Sa'aretz, I'm missing Hashro'as Shechina, they have to be on the way to living a life of spirituality. If my life is primarily one of my sheep, and I fit in Shachris in the morning, and I fit in Mincha Mariv at night, sure I keep Shabbos and sure I keep kosher, but my life is my sheep, as unfortunately Moshe was saying to Bnei God and Bnei Ruvain, no, no, you've got your priorities all wrong. Make your children the continuity of Torah and mitzvos. That's your priority. How am I going to maintain and provide for them? Correct. That's where my sheep come into the picture. But what is primary and what is secondary? Not by chance that we read these two parshios on the Shabbos before the nine days to help us. It's not just the mechanics of these laws. It's what these laws are supposed to remind us of what we had and of a mitzah Hashem, what we're going to have. I pray that all of us will take the words that we should be privileged to hear, those who are in the shul, outside Minyanim, and those who are not yet in shul. Chazak, chazak, v'nis chazek. May we be truly strengthened, and therefore invest more in the nine days, derive more from the nine days, bringing us closer to that third base Hamigdash. Shabbat Shalom to all.
JM. Oh, there we go. <laughs> this problem with my headphones. Can't even hear myself. Hang on a second. We'll try to rectify that if possible. Oh, there we go. JM the AM. Good morning. That's Mim Komcha done by Miami. Erev Shabbos, Parshas Matos and Masse, candle lighting at 8.04 in New York. Uh, Wednesday is uh, Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av. It means we'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow again. Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av is on a Wednesday. Looking forward. 72 degrees, overcast, thunderstorms, high of 87. The big heat wave begins tomorrow for about uh, four or five days. Tomorrow's sunny in this area with a high of 93. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage in Delhi is the world's best, and now their hot dogs are available in every Trader Joe's nationwide. Check out A&H today. Uh, Art Scrolls offering 30% off and free shipping on the Chumash with Teachings of the Talmud if you use promo code RADIO. Again, that is um, 30% off. And free shipping. Also 30% off on all weekly Parsha books. And don't forget, Dvarim starts tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. Uh, so 30% off. Uh, use promo code radio. Go to artscroll.com. Use promo code radio. It really is as simple as that. You know, we've been asking you to send in resumes. And the reason we're asking is because um, we have this... We have a staff that has an uncanny ability to often place people and be mishadech, make a shidduch between an employer and employee. Uh, so if you're out of work right now, it just pays to get us your resume. So we have it. Uh, it's resume at nachomsegel.com, resume at nachomsegel.com. Anything in the executive Jewish not-for-profit world will obviously uh, forward to our friends at the Joel Paul Group. They handle that whole thing, that whole category. Um, but again, resume at nachomsegel.com, and we'll be more than happy to uh, look at yours. Take advantage, please. If you haven't yet supported JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network in our 2020 campaign, we're asking you to please do so. If you like what we provide every single morning for the last 36 years, let's see. This, yeah, this... Uh, Wow, this Russia, this era of Rosh Hashanah will complete 37 years, right? Yeah. This Rosh Hashanah will complete 37 years. Because if we go from September 83 to September 20, you're talking about 37 years. Wow. We just blew right past 36. <laughs> anyway, if you like what's been happening every weekday for the last 37 years, and you like what we provide... Music, the very Torah, news, analysis, spirit, happiness, reliability. If you like all those things, then please support us. FJBUnity.org. FJBUnity.org. You can also send an A check if you wish. Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street, Suite 3, New York City, 1002. 551 Grand Street. Sweet 3, New York City, 10002. Please keep in mind, hope I have it here. I should. Um, oh, I had a uh, Misha Baruch message I wanted to pass on to everybody. Give me a second. I think I do have it here. Please keep in mind. Um, 
Oh, I don't know why I thought I had it here. I apologize. That's unusual of me. Um, hopefully I'll find it. Hopefully I'll find it as we continue to pray for those who are in need of a Rafua Shlema. Um, okay, I'll continue to look for that. Hey, our friends at Gotta Get a Bagel, Woodmere, New York, where, where, where we have our mobile studio very often during live remotes. They are open until 1 a.m. tomorrow night. Yeah, if you want delicious pasta and salads and great desserts, including apple pie and wonderful soups, etc., got to get a bagel, Woodmere, Joel Baruch, open tomorrow night till 1 a.m. Enjoy. Time to take a job. It's Journeys at JM in the AM. The sun is going down. It's shining through the trees. Another week's gone by. Become a memory. So throw away your hammer. There's nothing left to do. Go on home and find a gift that's waiting there for you. Oh, it's time to say good job, Cause all your work is done. Gonna spend the day together with the Holy One. Say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine. Man and his creator, it's a very special sign. Your candles will be burning, they'll fill your home with light. Singing songs of Shabbos Well into the night So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Go on home and find a gift That's waiting there for you Oh, it's time to say good Shabbos Cause all your work is done Spend the day together with the Holy One Say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine Man and his creator is a very special sign Spend the day together with the 
special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine. Man and his creator, it's a very, 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 very special song. Achenu Yisrael and Achim Achim, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NachumSingle.com on the NachumSingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Please keep in mind, Daniel Ben-Ita. That's what I wanted to announce, Daniel Ben-Ita. And, of course, your help with that is greatly appreciated as we continue to pray for all those who are ill in our greater community. And I thank all of you for tuning in. And I thank you for another great week here at JM Name and the Nahum Siegel Network. Erev Shabbos Music Mix is brought to you by our wonderful friends at Kedem. It's coming up all day long. Harry Rothenberg with Matos Masse at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami. Fresh three weeks edition, Kolekavot Avrami. And Matos live Sunday, JM Sunday, beginning at 7 a.m., Kolekavot Matos. And thank you. Monday, I'm back here starting at 6 a.m. Make sure to join us and have a fabulous Shabbos and wonderful weekend. Until Monday morning, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.